For this episode, we chose to highlight the Canadian organization Pride at Work for LGBTQ2 people to confront today's economic challenges. They need good jobs with rising incomes. Because of stigma, stereotypes, bias, and discrimination against LGBTQ2 people, empowering community members with skills is simply not enough of a strategy. That's why Pride at Work Canada supports the inclusion strategies of hundreds of employers across Canada. They offer institutional education and guidance that bring queer and trans inclusion to life. This Pride Month and year-round, find out more at prideatwork.ca. This is this is so hard, but I I I I, I, have a dream. I think I've realized that I am. Why do I have to be so ashamed? I mean, why can't I just say the truth? I mean, be who I am. I'm gay. Brian, are you there? Wait, Cece? Cece, can you hear me? Cece, there you are. You are listening to Cece and Ryan. Join us as we navigate these twisted times with the unique and influential voices of the LGBTQ community for the month of June. All in an effort to bring the message of positivity and inclusivity in a time where we need it the most. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Hey, Cece. Here we are in June. We're in the June rainbow. Yes, we are. It's Pride Month. It's Pride Month. I mean, I really feel like, you know, this is a light that I needed. And I'm sure a lot of people need right now is this sort of positivity for, you know, the conversations that we've been having and yeah, the conversation of like inclusion. Yeah. I think the, pride itself just like stands for people coming together and being open and being accepting. So yeah, I feel like it couldn't have come at a better time than right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And inclusivity is a big one. Um, that's super important with everything that we're doing with pride. And so let's explain that to our listeners what we have going on. Yeah. So, so guys, so what we're doing, uh, we, I hope everyone liked our new special intro. Thanks to K Brizzy at K Brizzy for obviously already creating our intro. And then Ryan and Cece like producing slash Ryan cutting together this amazing little intro mash up of inspirational throughout history slash Ellen DeGeneres. (laughs) (laughs) iconic queer voices and dr martin luther king yes of course and i had a dream yes exactly so (laughs) it was good um we hope everyone enjoyed it but yeah to sort of further what we're doing so we're going to be rolling out episodes every wednesday and friday at 6 p.m eastern standard time so 3 p.m pacific standard time and we're going to be speaking with members of the lgbtq community and these are going to be back-to-back episodes so Two episodes, I'm sorry, two guests per episode. So, yeah, so stay tuned because after one guest, we will be bringing on another guest. So it's like a lineup of two. Yeah, it's like a little (laughs) festival going on. We're having mini fests. (laughs) 
mini fests Wednesdays and Fridays with Ryan and Cece. I think people will enjoy hearing just because it's coming from two different perspectives from two different members of the LGBTQ community. Um, And I think it's also really important that in this time we try and highlight as many voices of color in the queer community because I feel like within the black community, especially it's a little bit more difficult for people to come out and, and share their stories because there's such a stigma around being gay. So I feel like it's really important to get those voices heard. Just like us. Just like us, Ebony and Ivory, <laughs> Kathy Lee and Hoda. Here we go. Cece and Ryan. <laughs> boom, boom, Woo! boom. Representation. Hell yes. Hell yes. Um, and so today um, we're going to be bringing on two wonderful artists. We have Cedric and Lily in the house. Cedric and Lily. Yes. And I love both of their names. They're both so great. What wonderful artists. And I'm so excited for everybody to listen. So we're not going to get too deep into our little chit chat at the top here. So we can just roll right into this. Let's roll right into it with a little bit about Mr. Cedric. Yes. Because we're starting with Cedric then Lily. Okay. A little bit about Cedric. So Cedric um, starving yet full, S-Y-F, a.k.a. Cedric Gaiseda, owns a tenacious stage presence and bewildering appeal to the masses. He was a lead vocalist in the electronic band Azari and Three, responsible for the dance, floor hits, hungry for the power, manic, and reckless with your love, and is now pursuing a solo career collaborating with suiting production outfits such as Blint and others from all around the globe. Spending his early years between Burundi and Rwanda, then moving to Toronto, Canada at the age of 17, he is now based out of Moscow. Performing at Barcelona's Sonara Festival and the UK's Glastonbury and Lovebox Festivals to his appearance at the front row at Dior's fashion show in Paris. SYF is a jack of all trades. SYF. Shout out to Cedric. Shout out to Cedric. Let's bring on Cedric. Cedric, what are you drinking? I am having actually some tea with like a little pinch of like uh, a, few, a few slices of ginger, some honey, and that's about oh, it. Oh, that sounds really good. Boring. <laughs> no, I love honey so much. I do I too. Honey, I like think I, I don't know if there's a proper amount of honey you're supposed to put in hot water or anything, but I think I overdo it. Did you hear about that whole thing? I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a weird thing where Russians here tend not to put honey in hot water because some kind, there's some kind of like weird effect. It's not good for your throat and whatnot. You, you know that a whole like, I don't know what it is, but. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, it stuck to you. It like stuck honey. to me. I try not to put honey in hot water. <laughs> Um, so Ryan, what are you drinking? I am having some coffee and oat oh milk. Oh my gosh. Ryan's always drinking <laughs> coffee and oat milk. Is she? I'm always drinking coffee and oat milk, but it is 10.30 here. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm still trying to get my mm-hmm. get myself fully awake. 
this is helping for sure. Well, that's good. I kind of am drinking what you're drinking, but mine's coffee with cashew milk, which I'm also really into. Aside from my oat milk, I love cashew milk a lot. Cashew milk. It's really good. Well, this is great. Well, cheers, everyone, because this is going to get me to my next question. So cheers. Cheers. Um, So, Cedric, I mean, we... Can you just share with our listeners um, a little bit about who you are, what you do, and where you're located? And sort of, we know where you're located, but if you could tell our listeners and kind of how you got there and all of it. Well, um, okay. Well, I my name is Cedric Gasaida, but I go by Starving at Full artistically. I was born in Burundi. I am of Rwandan descent. Um, and I emigrated about to Toronto about now, geez, it'll be close to 20 years, 2001. I was 17 years old. And, um, you know, grew up there, discovered music, discovered life, discovered a different language, and just, you know, decided to kind of like just jump ahead and, and embrace music. And I currently reside in Moscow after, you know, after a couple of years of touring. I spent some time in London, a couple of months, didn't really kind of connect. It was also quite expensive, so that's insane. Uh, but Moscow just kind of like turned out to be a place where I could fit while electronic music was kind of like still trying to find its own footing for artists like me in Toronto. You know, mm. uh, the scene was, is very kind to producers and DJs, but when it comes to live acts, it just kind of falls somewhere down into a pit that nobody no, nobody knows how to categorize or how to how to um, uh, what the word I'm looking for is just how to appreciate electronic music I, I would say in terms of like uh, performances but here I am uh, somewhat six years almost six years later <laughs> wow. I, am. I I can manage wow. my Russian somewhat conversationally. <laughs> But uh, other than that, do you speak Russian? I can understand it a lot more than you would think. I, I can I can handle um you know conversational um you know just regular conversation. Talk about music. Talk about regular stuff. I guess I could go on a date and speak Russian if that's if that kind of works. Oh. But you know, yeah. um, everyone that surrounds me kind of like speaks English. Moscow is not what you would think it is. It's it's not even really Russia. It's more of a European European mixed with like you know with like American. With, with a twist of like Asian on it. It's just, it's kind of, it's a melting pot actually. You're definitely selling this oh us. Like, we need to go on a vacation. Yeah. For real. I, you know, I would think, you know, human rights aside, and of course what, what, what LGBT rights and activism that happens here aside, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful city and the people are much more open and much more cleaner than you would think. Uh, hmm. But yeah, if you ever come down here, Holla at me and I will take you around. I'm pretty sure I can change your mind. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, so I'm curious. So Starving Yet Full, a.k.a. S-Y-F, <laughs> a.k.a. Cedric, can you um, tell us about the inspiration you behind your what? sober cat? Starving Yet Full? One of the, I, I've had this question thrown at me and I'm pretty sure I've had, I've, I've bullshit my way through. I'm like, I'm full of music and fashion. <laughs> to tell you the real story behind that, I was working for Scotiabank, prior to being a musician, I worked a graveyard shift, midnight till 7.30, working in the call center at Scotiabank. And I'm not sure if you remember, there was a time when um, mm-hmm. Facebook, we started realizing that you could have a fake name on there. Do you remember those times? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Exactly. I've had this since college uh, in 2004. What happened was, you know, um, I worked on you know, the graveyard shift, so 
there's like maybe a team of like six, seven of us that work, you know, every night. And we have, of course, you know, a cafeteria that's usually closed. And I did mm-hmm. not bring my lunch. So I'm having a debate with the person sitting next to me. And I'm like, you know what? You can change the names. I've seen it before. Like, no way. You have to use your own legal name. Otherwise, it's not possible. I said, watch. I'm going to change my name. And while I was waiting, <laughs> I was absolutely famished. So I walked myself to the cafeteria to buy, you know, a sandwich or something. You know, instant noodles. I get there. And these noodles have been mispriced i'm not sure if you can say that but it was supposed to be a dollar 50 but they're in the eight dollar 50 section and of course i refuse to buy that i get myself (laughs) a minute made orange big bottle yeah i come back not satisfied i i just drink it all down and i'm like okay you know i'm still hungry but i gotta get full somehow so i wrote starving yet full punched it in enter it's stuck oh Oh, my god i'm hungry but just because, you know, you know, you, you drink a lot of liquids just to make yourself feel full, you know, get by for one or two hours. That was it. Damn, Cedric. <laughs> it was those noodles. And, you know, I, I had a craving for instant noodles. But when I saw this, I was like, oh, for my dead body, you're not getting $8 for instant ramen. No. But you know what's funny about that is like you you really notice that they were overpriced. Like some, if I'm that hungry, sometimes like I'll just be like buying the eight dollars sure. and not even realize it because I'm so hungry. And it's like it's fine. And then later, I do that a lot actually. And then later, I'm like, oh my god, why did I just spend that much money on something that that made no sense? exactly? No, it's it, it <laughs> on cup of noodles to me. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I remember some, uh, when we were still with Azari, some reporter was going, like, you know, kind of, like, suggestively, like, is it to do with music, that you're hungry for the power and all of that? And I was like, sure, run with it. The story, I never mentioned the story after that. Yeah. I was like, I think I'm just going to keep quiet and let them assume it's about fashion and music and art and whatnot. But that's the true story behind it. No, I think, though, that, that I love the truth. Like, it's just, that is so good. <laughs> I, I think that that's amazing. So, but when was this? Like, how long ago was this that this you, happened? And then you decided to. You run know what? With it. I was working at this at Scotiabank, I think, from 2004 to 2008. So, somewhere around maybe seven, six, and seven at the time. I think I might have changed my Facebook uh, name. I'm sure if I go somewhere in these settings, I can figure that out. But it's no longer, uh, it's no longer starving at full. I've had, to, I've, I was in Facebook jail, I've yeah. had to change it sadly well um so i mean i'm very curious we saw this beautiful video of you singing your mm-hmm. song wale watu and you can tell me if that is me pronouncing it you pronounce it fine wale watu okay wale mm-hmm. watu okay so you produce this with your band um, yeah, actually you know i've been trying to like step away from the whole like you know group and band and whatnot just to like kind of like label it after the breakup of my last band, um, Victor and I mm. have decided to enter into this like whole coll- collaboration. It's more of a collaboration of on sounds of, and that's the word blend. You know, it's it's a mix. It's a mixture of sounds. And while I was away, I uh, actually I'm not sure if you've seen a video that I released prior to that. It's called On My Mind, and it has um, it it literally depicts what's happening but in visual mode. It's, it's a music video that I just released a couple months ago. And it talked about protest and inequality and oppression. And I remember there was, a, there was a, an incident um, about three, four years ago 
still in the States, but this was about, this was in Canada, uh, a young black boy that was murdered um, by, it was, it, was, it was police brutality pretty much. And, and I just remember going back home and just having this conversation with my producer saying, you know what, this, this stuff is not kind of okay. And living here, there's so much attachment, you know, from the rest of the world. If you, if, you, if you get what I'm saying. So to me, I yeah. had all these thoughts and these feelings that I needed to pen down and express myself musically. So we wrote Waliwatu about three, four years ago, went to the studio, recorded it, and it just didn't fit anything else that we did musically because uh, we'd make electronic music, more like club music and dance music, which is like, you know, happy and whatnot. So I said, you know, these thoughts, I have to write them down and how I feel. What we do with the song later on, I'm not sure. So we just shelved it. We just shelved it and this was going on and we were having conversation and we said, you know what? We should revisit the song and just put it out there, share how we feel. Yeah, and just express, you know, kind of like spread the message, but people have to realize that nothing else yeah. really s separates us. Color of our skin, sure, but we're all human at the end of the day. So. Right. I'm, you know, I'm not exactly. one. I'm not one to kind of like write big messages and like do a speech. I'm just more of a music. Here's a song. This is this is how I feel. This is how I express myself. Take it or leave it. You know, kind of vibe. So I guess for me, I always feel like musicians are kind of because of the space that they share, because they have they make music and it's very therapeutic for a lot of people. I consider musicians to be kind of therapists mm -hmm. I, I in a agree way, with you. I agree. Without music speaking to people. Therapy to my ears. For, like for sure. So I'm gonna call you I'm gonna call you a bit of like a musical philanthropist. Because in that space I feel like you're already giving back so much to society. So I'm curious to know, like, because you give so much with the music that you make I want to know who's been supporting you and kind of fueling you to continue on and, and being so giving with your art. You know what? I'm, I, I got to say, I am probably one of the luckiest guys, especially, you know, being black. Um, uh, and from where I'm from, you know, I've come from a country that, that suffered a genocide. I went through a genocide, which, and then that's now recovered amazingly. And I have an accepting family behind wow. me. I've always kind of had that, but not knowing. And I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk about my sister, the firstborn. Uh, her name is Erica Gasaida. She's about one meter eighty-four. <laughs> She's tall, kind of like she was kind of like she grew up kind of like a tomboy. And uh, as a kid, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself the the most. Uh, masculine or macho if, if you want to call if you want to call it i don't have the, the standard mannerisms <laughs> of of you know of, <laughs> of a macho man or a macho boy whatever you want to call it there was always not doubts but there was always um people were always kind of assuming that sure your kid's gonna be gay and this is gonna be shame it's gonna be a nightmare i remember coming out to my sisters they took it differently but my sister kind of like i kind of like left a little note and walked away and just left the house and uh, my sister kind of came back and find me. I have two sisters. One is Pamela, the other one is Erica. Firstborn is Erica, second one is Pamela. Pamela kind of like, you know, resonated. She's like, there's no way you can be gay. You're the only boy in the whole family. Mom is the first of nine, which means you're like the prime example. Wow. Yeah, I have like about 20, 20 cousins, <laughs> 20 to 23 cousins. Wow. And we get, we, now we get on Skype calls. We all chat. There's some who were born that I've never met. We all <laughs> chat on Zoom. It's amazing. <laughs> Everyone's accepting, so. 
I left a little note and she kind of came back and, you know, all like flustered. It's like, oh my God, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be shameful. And he's going to go on mom. And then there's going to be, you know, you're going to be the black sheep of the family. Sure. Hurt me, hurt my feelings. And then I kind of like saw Erica after who kind of like sat me down. She said, you know what? And so what? Gave me all the comfort I needed. Kind of like sat down, you know, the little little joke she's like you know sometimes i look at girls and i'm like hey they're cute too why not who knows who could happen she made me feel safe and she made me feel accepted mm. and i think after that that was like the first person who's ever really kind of like put their arms around me and tell me everything will be okay at least you got one person behind you and that's that's a start oh my god that's all i feel like that's all you need if you just have that support of one exactly. person it's, it's right enough. on right on so i've always been kind of like a, a different child you know and understanding that I really didn't have anything in common with most of my family, I kind of like shut myself down and mm-hmm. music kind of came along and I had no idea that this could be something that I could do. I remember growing up, you know, you know, you know, you know we have parents who, who kind of put you free and they ask you to learn some, uh, something to show the family, like the little talents. Have you had that in your family? Yes. Right. So my mom used to do that. It was like, you know, my sister used to come home from school and sat me down and learn harmony <laughs> and whatnot. And I'm like, Jesus. Like, you're going to have... Yes. Yeah. Oh, we my went God. Through that. And, but my sister was kind of like the lead for her supports because she was a pretty girl, very beautiful girl. Until my sister let her know. She's like, you know what? I think the voice might be his. And it kind of like, you know, nurtured me through that and... I remember watching on TV gay oh. icons. I remember seeing Boy George. I remember seeing, um, seeing uh, what's her name? She had the guitar. I'm, I'm kind of blanking right now. Melissa no, Tracy Chapman. Tracy Chapman. Tracy Chapman. Tracy Chapman. And I was arguing with my dad. He was convinced she was a man, but I just, I just knew she was like me. I just knew. I felt that yeah. through the screen. I mean, like, I remember sitting down. Yes, young child just watching this one channel that would play music once a week every Saturday for one hour. And just seeing, yeah, seeing oh Boy gosh. George, seeing George, Mar- George, um, George, uh, George Michael. And I just knew that my gaydar was strong enough to kind of like sense that there's people like me on TV <laughs> doing their thing. You know what I mean? You know that the, the thing uh, that the little tingles, it doesn't really fail. So I don't know. I just had some hope true. and I just went with it. Erica oh was kind gosh. of the first, like, you know, step in. And now I guess she'd be even more proud. She is an activist for um, LGBTQ plus people like us. She lives in Bordeaux. She's a board member of the um, LGBTQ center, Le Girofa. Do you guys know Le Girofa? But you do no. know um, ILG, obviously, so International Lesbian and Gay She works for the French, right, yeah. the French um, version of that, I guess I would say. And uh, yeah, so she, this is like the equivalent of, ILGA in France. Oh, wow. That's Absolutely. so beautiful. So, I mean, like, it's kind of like amazing that not only I get to have, I get to be myself and I get to express myself musically for people like us. And yet I have a sister that's behind me fighting for my rights. You know, it's kind of like right. insane. It's, it's, I'm so proud, but I'm so, I'm so thankful as well. I think it's so like, what's so wonderful about that is it's, it always warms my heart when someone that's a big supporter is someone in their family, you know, and you're in the the person's family, because I think just to having that like ally, 
you know, to lean on that understands the family dynamic and understands like you mm-hmm. and has, has your back is, is really, it's something is, else. Is really, really nice. It's an amazing so that's so... feeling. It's an amazing sentiment. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't stress it enough. I'm, I'm very lucky. If you could choose one of your, fa- and I know this is hard, but one of your favorite pieces of LGBTQ culture, whether that's like a movie, a song, a show, anything, what would wow. it be? <clears throat> um, that is kind of like, I don't know, that question is a bit, I don't know. I feel like it's, I don't, I don't know if it's a piece of documentary that's made its way around and that's kind of like reached a lot more yeah. people than you would say. It's just Paris is burning. I'm quite grateful that you have, I'm quite grateful that you have oh. such a documentary showcasing people at a time where, you know, folks like us were kind of like, so we're obviously fighting for our rights, but the diversity and the people, seeing people who look like me, who, mm-hmm. who just exuded such compassion and love for each other that I just, I, I it just, it was undeniable to me. I was just like, I'm happy that this piece of heritage exists, you know, that was left behind. But I mean, then this is, this is of course, without erasure of anything else that's, that's been done by, by, by other activists, yeah. but um, Harvey Milk is someone that comes to mind that's done big things for for our community. Wow! Um, and that's just just yeah. that's just like um, you know, the top of my head, visually, and someone that people find to have voices. But and you know, someone like yeah, Marsha T. Good. It's it's just it's 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 kind of like insane to see that our trans sisters are the number one per the, the, the number one people that get killed just for existing. And that's just unacceptable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, I, I grew up, I grew up with, with, with women's yeah. energy, which I grew up with women. To me, I have a lot more respect to women than I have for men. No offense to the y'all men out there, but <laughs> you know that's okay. I mean? We're I, women. I feel like I will always <laughs> stand by, you know, behind every great man, stands an even greater woman. Kind of like that to me is, is, is a statement that I feel like I should abide by. Um, so I'm curious to know your sister, you, well, you, you're talking about, you just talked about your sister who's an advocate and she's working really hard in Paris for LGBTQ rights. So I want to know um, what charities and missions or organizations are you supporting? Well, you know right what? Now? I would like to support what, what, uh, what she's kind of like recommending. I, I'm, all, I'm all for, you know, kind of like helping all of us. So she's supporting Trans United Europe. Are you familiar with that? Trans-European uh, no. BIPOC, it's like an umbrella organization for like uh, black trans and trans people of color. It's like the first European organization that creates, that created a, a network, uh, many, who, many of whom who are immigrants and sex workers. Mm. Of course, they, of course they, they, they engage as well in advocacy and policy just to try to like make things go better. Um, but yeah, I'd have I'd have to kind of like reach out and see if I can get back to you guys on that. But that's that's so far. That's what we, that's what I've got. So I'm curious where we can find you on like you know on Instagram, what your website is, where we can find your music. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, I would uh, well, I go by Starving at Full on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, I have a page on Facebook, same name. Uh, I have a SoundCloud that's under Starving at Full. Or you can even type my first and last name, Cedric Gasaida. And uh, you can also check out Blent Music, for sure. We're also on uh, Instagram and on SoundCloud. And I would love for everybody Perfect. to you know, kind of like uh, 
if you, if you haven't seen uh, on my mind it's one of the, the latest video that that I've uh, put out I have a sure. question to close this is my new favorite question to ask if you had to choose any color of the pride flag Ooh. to be what color would you be well damn <laughs> you know I love colors <laughs> but I think I'd choose the color black <laughs> <laughs> I would. I love I think I saw some like meme on Instagram that says black is a new oh, rainbow really? or something. Um <laughs> yeah. Right? Absolutely. I, I would Ooh, totally that get would on that shirt. <laughs> black is a new rainbow. Hey everyone, welcome back. Ryan and Cece here. Um, I am really excited to announce our next guest, Lily Richards. Lily Richards is a Los Angeles-based actress, writer, and director. She is the writer, director, and star of the hit web series 20, which has garnered over 60,000 subscribers, 10 million views, a nomination for Best Indie Series at the 2018 Streamy Awards, and mentions in Forbes, The Hollywood Reporter, Pride, Into, and Variety. Recent credits include Frankie in the regional premiere of A Small Group, Emma in Grounded on Out.TV, and Candace in Seasons of Love, the first queer holiday rom-com. She also voices the role of the infamous villain, The Tattered Woman, in the popular science fiction podcast, The Far Meridian. She is a proud alumni of Emerson College. <laughs> wow, that's the Lily. nicest way someone said my name in such a long time. That was heartwarming. Uh, we were just talking about how happy your name is and how much we love to say it and like read it, especially like during oh these times. You have like the happiest name. It's just pleasant to read and say. Yeah, like, you're like Lily. a little flower of magic and happiness. <laughs> wow. Yes. Thank you. Oh my God. I've never loved my name so much. Oh my God. Yes, love it. Embrace it. All right. Well, Lily, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. We are so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, Lily. <laughs> so, Lily, um, tell us about one where you're located and also who you are and a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yes. Um, so, I live in Los Angeles, California. Um, I am a 25-year-old writer, director, actor. Um, right now, I'm, you know, unemployed and sitting on my couch with the whole COVID situation. But normally, I am writing, directing, and acting. Um, a little bit about what I do. I have a web series called 20 that you can find on YouTube. Uh, seasons one and two are up on YouTube. And we were actually about to go into production for seasons three and four. Um, but that has uh, since been postponed due to COVID. But we will hopefully be doing that as soon as it is physically safe and possible to do so. Um, yeah. So that's that's a little bit about me. Yeah, your show is hysterical, I have to say. Just, oh, just throw you. that out there. Thanks so I much. I love 20. Yay. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think, first of all, good work with your show um with 20 that's amazing um i just i feel like with the show you've clearly created this unique space on the youtube community 
that has like this huge following and has been really well received by the LGBTQ community. And given that it's Pride Month and you've given so much support to the community, we want to know who has supported Lily. It's a it's a very um, good question, especially like given that obviously the whole I'm totally going to butcher this quote, but you, we all know the quote I'm thinking of, right? Where it's like behind every yes. man is a strong woman. Yes, quote or yes, whatever. yes. And I think that <laughs> is a very gendered quote, but it goes for everyone, right? Like behind anybody is an army of other people that, you know, never, you don't really hear about. Right. Um, but God, I mean, today I'm very grateful. I have, uh, I'm very close with my mom. I have, I'm, and my dad and my girlfriend and my, I have an incredible community of friends and, family I think like it's interesting because like do, do you mean like support in terms of like today or throughout my life or who's been your biggest supporter like despite sometimes the choices that people make make people like disappear from their lives but who's consistently been in your life despite the right. life that you live right I think I mean well I think I've been particularly lucky I was I grew up in Los Angeles so I've always had a pretty liberal community around me which um, I'm very grateful for as a queer person um, mm-hmm. I'd say like when I, I started coming out it's kind of like a it, an interesting um, question right because as a queer person like your coming out is always gonna unfortunately kind of be a journey because you know if you don't fit into ridiculous stereotypes of what a a queer person looks like you're always going to be coming out in a way right like every new person you meet because of these heteronormative stereotypes that exist people don't often off the bat assume that you're queer right. or assume your sexuality or assume that you aren't straight um so i guess like for me uh growing up i was lucky i had a very supportive um group in high school I did a lot of theater and I think theater is an incredible resource and an outlet for queer people and has always been that um oh yeah so I think I was very lucky I was in a community theater group in high school that allowed me to kind of um not like explore my sexuality that's kind of the wrong I guess that's the wrong word but (laughs) I was in yeah queer theater group of a lot of like I was in a theater group with a lot of different queer people Um, which was an awesome opportunity that young, you know, to be 14 and 15 around people who are like you and understand what you're going through. So I think that was a huge support. Um, My family has always uh, been very supportive, which I'm really grateful for. Um, So I'm very lucky to have had my parents support throughout my whole life and coming out didn't change that, which I'm very grateful for. Um, And it's nice, you know, having supportive parents who I can always you know be educate on what's happening within the queer community and queer issues and help you know with my mom especially it's like hey like here's how you can get involved here's you know different like resources uh and different outlets and things that you can do to help the queer community um and then obviously like my girlfriend I have an amazing uh partner of five almost six years now who has been by my side forever she's like the most helpful human being on the entire planet she produces 20 um so she has been not only a huge support to me but a co-creator in many ways and has helped make this show what it is 
um, on the logistical side because I just have absolutely no logistical brain whatsoever. I'm all like the creative and like kind of a little organization, but like maybe not. And she's so good at sitting down and being like, <laughs> okay, we have to film these things on this day and this on this and mm. this on this. So she has been incredibly helpful in like making my visions a reality, which is an incredible thing that I'm really grateful for to have in a partner. I, I think, I think that's That's so, so important. I mean, when you find that person that is your person that really like is the backbone of of who you are. Um, and it's really wonderful that you got somebody like that. And I'd imagine too, that with your show, there's a lot of people aside from like, you know, what Ryan was saying and you're coming out and people that have supported you like your family in that sense. But I'm sure within your show, there's a whole community that supports Lily there as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I am, I could not be more grateful for uh, one, my cast and crew. I mean, I'm everyone who's involved in 20 are close friends of mine who did this for free straight out of college. Cause we started filming um, I think like a year after I graduated college um, and so all of us just were kind of like, you know, m- trying to make our way in the industry and agreed to do this project and to um, help amplify queer voices. Um, and I'm just I'm really, really grateful for the support and the commitment of my cast and crew, even when we started out and no one was getting paid and we were just doing it because it was it was fun and it was important. It was something we all cared about. So yeah, that's absolutely a major support system that I wouldn't, we wouldn't have made 20 without everyone involved in 20. And then the fans, I cannot like, I truly do not have words for my gratitude towards the people who've supported this project and the people who have subscribed and followed on whatever social media platforms, but more than that, who have like reached out and said, you know, how the show has impacted them and how it's been important in their life. Because like, just hearing that it, it, there's like no level of success that the show could reach that would be more important than knowing that it's impacted the lives of queer people around the world. You know, that's kind of like at the end of the day, that's all you that's hope right. for. I'm curious um, with yeah. the, your fan base specifically, um, has there been a specific fan or encounter or person that has been personally I'm sure there has been many different occasions but is there one that sticks out in your mind that somebody has brought either their story to you um and thanked you in a way that really just stuck out to you and made you really feel like the work you were doing was impactful that you were really I don't know that you'd like to share oh my god that's such a good question there have honestly been so many it's so hard to pinpoint um just just one um we actually recently did a video uh, for our announcement of season three. We decided to try to get some of the fan messages on video and to have it be in like um, kind of an announcement video for the season. And some of the responses that people had in that video just like really hit me hard oh. and stuck with my heart. Like um, seeing, cause putting it's one thing to get a message, but then being able to put a face to that message is like, it makes it that mm-hmm. much more impactful, right? Because you're, you're seeing the yeah. person that is feeling this way. And um, the, some of those messages really just got to me. I think one thing that's been really amazing is to, I've received a lot of messages from women who are living in parts of the world where they can't be who they are openly right. and publicly um, and for safety reasons. 
and receiving messages from women in those parts of the world saying how this show helps them just get through day-to-day life has been incredibly impactful to me. So I think some of those messages have been particularly, um, particularly like impactful. Yeah. It's interesting because one of the organizations we had spoken with about this particular pride month in the podcast that what we're going to be doing for the podcast was the Trevor project. And they have a campaign right now called pride everywhere. And it is incredibly important, I think, for everybody to recognize that, you know, I mean, I think when you live in Los Angeles or certain areas, you know, being queer and in a same-sex relationship is, you see it more, maybe, um, it feels more accepted, you know, whereas there's many other places where it's not. And so, um, it's especially with COVID, it's like to not forget that it's pride, you know, everywhere and to really extend that message along. <laughs> and so I think that's a really interesting what you're saying and how it all kind of ties absolutely. together. Absolutely. And I think especially with COVID, it's so important to remember, like, I, I truly just wish that we had been able to get the funding and get the resources necessary to film season three earlier so that we could be releasing right now during um, this pandemic, because like, it's so heartbreaking to think about, you know, like queer people who I'm sorry, I'm at the end of my period. So I get like really emotional. Um, <laughs> it's so- okay. I guess you can't like you can't like see me crying, so but you might be able to hear it and be like, "Is she choking?" I'm not choking. Um, it's so but it's just one of those things where it's like it's so hard to think about people who are stuck in a home where they don't feel safe, yeah. and you know it's like yeah. I wish that we could have gotten to filming sooner so that you know that could be a resource for people to watch like new LGBT content um, to help them feel a little more connected to the community and to feel a little more safe if they're stuck in that kind of situation. Cause that's like, it's just so heartbreaking to think about, you know, because like, it's so important to be, you know, to stay safe and to stay at home. But like for so many people, home isn't right. safe. And I think it's just, right. you, you know, just like an added level. Um, but thankfully it's like 20 very much isn't the only LGBT show on YouTube. So there's so many other shows that are releasing right now that, you know, can serve as that, as that um, safe source for people. Yeah. Oh, so I have I have a question for you just to like kind of extend like what you were just talking about. So thinking about these different pieces of, of entertainment work that have made people feel safe like your show. I'm curious to know what is your favorite LGBTQ culture, movie, TV show, music, anything that's made you oh, feel safe? Oh, my God. There's so many. Where do I even start? <laughs> um how about like one movie, one song or oh, I like artist that. and one TV let's, show? Let's do Could it. Do let's that? do it. Um, okay. I'm actually, I'm going to do two movies here, but um, <laughs> okay. the one movie that I think was so important because it reached such a wide audience and it was funny and it was light and it was positive. Um, Booksmart. Oh. If you've seen it, I think that Booksmart is, is an amazing film. So freaking funny, has a, a really effortlessly, um, awesome queer storyline um has a lot of diversity and just shows like a high school experience in a positive light and has a queer protagonist without making that like the whole thing that she is queer and all that and it's just natural and it's just who she is so Mm -hmm. I think Booksmart definitely is one that I think just it warms my heart um and this one isn't necessarily a positive ending but Portrait of a Lady on Fire was I think one of the most incredible pieces of queer cinema that I've ever seen um the script is just brilliant 
And it almost, it's a complete flip, right? It's highlighting a queer relationship in a time when it absolutely was not okay and would, would, they wouldn't be able to yeah. follow through. But um, it's a beautiful story. And it's, it's just, it's cool to see a queer film that feels like a piece of queer history um, without, like there are mm. a lot of queer historical shows and films and stuff, but this one felt particularly special to me. Um, music, I mean, I freaking love, I, I've been listening to the queer artists I've listened to the most recently, I'd say would be, um, Tegan and Sarah always, mm. Haley Kiyoko, um, <laughs> and Fletcher. I think those are the three that I have just been like jamming out to. And whenever I'm listening to music and I'm like, oh, this isn't gay enough. Because <laughs> we all do it. That we all do it. We'll be listening amazing. to a song. <laughs> You know, we'll be like sitting there jamming along and we're like, oh, my God, every single one of these songs is straight. Like, get me out of this. <laughs> so <laughs> I would say those are the three artists yeah. that I, I will immediately put on when I'm like, OK, we need to we need to get it a little more gay. Up uh, in here. That Tegan and Sarah, I bet it stung. Every time I hear that song, it's just like an immediate freaking turn oh, up absolutely. on the radio. Absolutely. For me, I think my favorite song, by them, I don't know, either The Con or 19. 19 probably 19 oh yeah oh that one's just uh -oh. oh you're just like oh lily oof you know oh uh, well yeah. i live in canada and they're canadian so i feel like i already just they're my friends <laughs> as like most honestly as most good things yeah, are <laughs> like that's true i mean just uh, cannot cannot stand so canada true. enough <laughs> I mean, and, and to further that, yeah. they're identical twin sisters, and I am married to an identical twin sister. <laughs> so. Oh, it, my God, I have so oh, many questions. Just, they are not musicians, though, unfortunately. <laughs> However, <laughs> maybe. Is the, I just am, like, so curious about... I, identical twins are oh, fascinating. It really is. Please, I know. I actually had to tell my partner the other day. I'm like, she's like, you are just not, you're not abstract enough for me. And I'm like, you know, I think sometimes when you're in conversation, you forget that I am not your twin. I am your partner. <laughs> so like they have, <laughs> they have these, like they share brains, you know? So oh my gosh, they sort so of funny. kind of put this on you and you're like, wait a second. Uh, I. I didn't wow. share the room with you, okay? So I have a different opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, yeah, it's such an interesting <laughs> dynamic. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Well, um, well, Lily, um, to that note, um, so where can, where can we find, I mean, we know it's on YouTube, but where can we find you on social, um, Instagram, website, all of it? Where can we find Lily? Absolutely. Um, I'm probably most active on my Instagram. Um, and that is Lily, L-I-L-Y, Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E with three E's because I made my Instagram my senior year of high school <laughs> and thought that would be a fun idea. And now it just stresses me out. I'm like, is it three E's? Is it four E's? Even now I have to go back and check. this. Oh God, that's good. <laughs> it's three E's. Yes. But then I'm also like, I could change it. But at that point, like, it's been with me this whole time, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have a Twitter. I, I don't use it very often. So I think Instagram is probably the best, best source, best place to find me. But if you love Twitter, um, the Lily CR on Twitter. Okay, perfect. Um, and yeah, who are you supporting right now? Who is, who is Lily with three E's supporting? I think right now the entire U.S. is sort of, um, we're in a very interesting turning point and I think 
everyone is and should be rallying behind the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say that would be uh, probably the focus right now. Um, with Pride Month, I am trying to find uh, different LGBTQ companies and organizations um, to support during this month, like to, you know, buy some stuff from if I can, because it's just, this is going to be such a hard time with this pandemic for businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to, I found a really good Buzzfeed article actually, and it was like all LGBTQ cookbooks. So I just bought one of those. Um, very cool. Yeah. I'm trying to find a whole list to compile of, um, organizations and companies, but in terms of like, oh gosh, I don't even know who am I. Well, you've said a lot of things. I'm I'm really (laughs) curious when you do form that list, if you post that somewhere, please let us know and we can repost and Absolutely. share that because yes, share it um, yeah no i'm gonna i'm gonna get this list together that'll be my like fun little uh month of june project um and i will definitely send it over your guys way as soon as i have it done. perfect well thank you and one quick fun question to ask you before we close out what color <sighs> would you be in the rainbow oh my which gosh, one best reflects your soul oh my god i really have to think about it um i think purple mm. I don't know because it's like it's got it's mm. like bright and it's vibrant, but it's got like there's a little bit of depth there, and there's a lot more going on too. Not to sound like I'm psychoanalyzing yeah. myself, that kind of sounded weird, but I <laughs> I don't know. Purple's my favorite color. I've I've I, I like that it's vibrant but still a darker color. It's like I feel like it hits all the boxes, oh. you know. For more information on today's episode, please visit the description. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Twisted Times a Podcast and keep up with us on our YouTube channel, Twisted Times a Podcast. Trans United Europe, Trans European BPOC umbrella organization is for Black trans and trans people of color. The first European organization to create a network for BPOC trans organizations and individuals, many of whom are immigrants and or sex workers. Trans United Europe helps BPOC trans connect, support each other, and feel supported. They also engage in advocacy with policymakers and EU politicians and institutes. For more information, visit their Facebook page, Trans United Europe.